Today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. The financial update that uh, Bill Morneau presented yesterday, it's, it's called the Fall Outlook, and it's really just a mini budget without all the details in it. And uh, lots going on there, lots of criticism for it, some people actually giving it a, a, a very cautious thumbs up. Uh, but with the government unveiling its fiscal outlook, anybody that was planning on seeing a balanced budget, well, you're going to have to wait and wait a long time probably. The plan this year includes a cautious approach focused on getting bigger bang for our bucks. Joining us to talk about it is Barry Kay, political science professor at Wilfrid Laurier University. Morning, Barry. How are you doing today? Hello, Bill. Uh, really, given our circumstance and given the, the, the words we heard from the prime minister and the finance minister over the last four or five months, there's really no surprise there yesterday, was there? I guess not. It's certainly an example of how what goes on south of the border affects us dramatically. Uh, if it were not for the the, the tax cuts that went to the corporations in the U.S., uh, I don't think we would be seeing this happening at all. Uh, the overall economic picture otherwise wouldn't indicate that uh, we should be going into further debt because the economy actually has been pretty good. It will not be like this for forever, however, and that's among the kind of considerations the, the government has to be thinking about. Well, but this is typical politics, though, isn't it? I mean, we want, as, as citizens, to say, hey, we want this government to look long-term and see that, hey, there are dark clouds on the horizon. But we tend to, and certainly governments tend to, live in the here and now. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> they live in the here and now. Uh, I mean, that's true of so many issues, certainly including global warming, but long-term concerns about uh, about the pension plan, about health care. Uh, yeah, politicians are thinking only in the near future. We have an election scheduled for next October, and that trumps everything else. Yeah, this is the uh, the Scarlett O'Hare approach to economics, isn't it? Tomorrow will be another day. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, I, I don't think they're thinking very far beyond next October, though. Well, uh, th- yeah, this is, I mean, when we, I, I think we use the same analogy when we were talking about what the province did here with Vic Fidelli last week when he did his fiscal update. This is really just the pre-show for the, the big budget, which is coming in probably February. Yeah, things change. I, I mean, more than anything, I think these particular changes are geared to the uh, the tax cuts in the U.S., which means that corporate money is going to flows south even to a faster degree than it would have otherwise. Unless, So this was really done to try to stop that, that, that kind of trend. There is one wrinkle. Uh, in the United States, there were hardly any strings attached to how the, uh, the, the tax cuts were going to be affected. Here, at least, uh, there are going to have to be guarantees that it's going to affect uh, expansion, uh, development of infrastructure, uh, and, and acquisition of various assets, rather than just passing it on to the uh, uh, the shareholders as as pure profit. So there are some differences, but in general, uh, this is what's going on is just a response to the fact that uh, they are concerned that the economy might very well start to slip in that in the next really well, it's less than eleven months now till the election. What about the? Let's talk about what's going on south of the border. And and you're absolutely right. I mean, Morno has been getting a lot of pressure right now to to match what Trump did with the tax cuts, the corporate tax cuts especially. And and they didn't quite do that, but obviously, as you say, they offered some incentives with some of the money that they're getting. But the indications right now is that the U.S. economy is starting to slow down. So, I mean, there's an argument to be made, I think, at this point, Barry, that, that maybe even what Trump did, as much, as much as business loved it at the time, it's not really doing a whole lot for the economy. Economies ebb and flow no matter what. Yeah, Andrew Coyne had something in today's yeah. National Post basically uh, suggesting this is great if we never have another recession. But, uh, <laughs> that, and, and look, we've had a fairly strong period. So, you know, it's been a, almost a decade now since the, uh, since the last one. Uh, but one can't assume that this will go on forever. But look, with globalization, I think more and more our uh, economic uh, output or whatever it is is dependent less on what our government does, more on international circumstances. For us, that particularly means the, uh, the United States. 
Um, and indeed, what they're hoping is just without being able to really control the tiger that they might be on, they're just hoping that the good times will continue to roll without any degree of certainty that that will occur. Um, again, they've got a, a relatively short window now be, between now and the next election. But even there, it's not absolutely certain that things will be as good uh, you know, a year from now as they, were, as they have seemed to be lately. That's the roll of the dice with just about every government, though, isn't it? That uh, the, uh, you, you want those economic good times to roll around just about the time that you're looking for re-election. Well, there's always uncertainty. I, yeah. I guess the degree to which we are influenced and really dependent upon the po- policy south of the border, uh, if there's a, a changing trend, it's been in that direction. So... From a political standpoint, now, uh, the opposition parties, of course, are going to say this was a, a, a terrible document and it's awful, uh, and they talk about deficits, uh, et cetera, et cetera. But given the circumstance and given the track record over the last 12 or 13 years here in this country, are, are deficits, deficits rather just the new normal when it comes to budgets? Well, they're certainly the normal. Uh, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're uh, that they're good. And look, they, the government's going to be criticized from the left by the NDP, from the right uh, by by the conservatives with different concerns. The uh, conservatives will claim that in fact the debt is being run up at an irresponsible level. The NDP on the left will long uh, will complain that in fact it's a sell out to big business. Um, but the way the polls have looked of late. Um, the NDP is certainly less of a threat to the Liberals than the Conservatives are, and quite frankly, the Conservatives at the moment don't seem to be that much of a threat either. But the uh, the NDP has really not taken off since uh, uh, Jagmeet Singh has been the leader. That may change in the months to come if he ever gets into the, the House of Commons and is able to sort of light a fire there. That's possible. At the moment, right now, I don't think the Liberals are too, too worried about the NDP. Um, and even with regard to the Conservatives, although... There is an appeal uh, by more traditional uh, uh, thinkers that the NDP might have, excuse me, that the Conservatives might might be a more appropriate alternative. At the moment, the Liberals still have a, a fairly healthy lead. It looks like at the moment things can change. Uh, perhaps the last time I was chatting about this, I would have said something similar. But at the moment, it still looks like a Liberal majority. Yeah, we saw the Nanos poll that was released earlier this week and about a 10-point lead for the Liberals. But uh, is, is Quebec going to be the battleground here? Because the, the story that I'm hearing is that NDP supporting Quebec, which really you know peaked, I guess, with Jack Layton, uh, is totally disintegrated right now. Those seats are up for grabs, and you know the Conservatives and Liberals are going to be fighting over that. Well, it will be a battleground. I don't think it will be the battleground, uh, because, in fact, I think the Liberals are going to be much better positioned uh, than any of the other parties. Absolutely, the NDP is, is shrinking dramatically in uh, in Quebec. The battleground, however, in terms of where the, the swing seats will be that will determine whether it really is a Liberal majority or not, those are probably going to be in Ontario, and those are going to be right within the... Uh, the, the range of, of you know of, of your audience um, it's going to be in the the 905 where uh, I, again I'm not sure that the conservatives are going to be positioned to win the most number of seats but if if there's to be a blockage to a liberal majority it's the seats in this particular area just outside Toronto moving around the uh, the Niagara Peninsula toward Hamilton that in fact uh, the the conservatives are going to have to pick those seats up if they're going to be able to to at least block a liberal majority so is that why Doug Ford is being the bulldog here against Justin Trudeau well, Doug Ford, I think that's just in his nature. I think he's very much taken on the aura of, uh, of our neighbor to the south uh, president. Uh, I think he's into fighting. Uh, I think, I mean, it's not he's not actually, his neck's not on the line for another three and a half years. But, uh, yeah, it's his style to be belligerent and, in fact, to go after the liberals. And it's certainly in that, that was the area where the conservatives did well. And quite frankly, that's usually, so it's not unique. Both federally and provincially, it's the 905 area. 
uh, moving a little bit north and east of Toronto, but especially west of Toronto around toward Hamilton. That's the area that really determines who wins elections and whether they have a majority. But uh, Andrew Scheer just has not seemed to resonate with voters, and, and, and at least Ford's getting headlines. He may not be re- resonating with voters, but he's, he seems to be doing Scheer's bidding here in Ontario. Well, yeah, you're right. Uh, Scheer has not caught on any more than, um, than Singh has caught on uh, for the NDP at the, at the federal level. They may yet develop some themes. I still think that the conservatives, uh, excuse me, the, the liberals are going to be more concerned about the conservative party as a potential threat, at least in most areas. There are certainly areas of the province, uh, Hamilton being one of them, um, Windsor being another, where in fact it, the, the real fight is between the NDP and the, the liberals. But in terms of taking over the government, it's really going to be liberal, uh, liberal conservative. And I think in that regard, Trudeau is probably still concerned that the uh, the conservatives under Scheer might pick up at the moment they haven't done so, and that's why the you, the polls you were quoting by Nanos have them down ten points or so. Barry, as we mentioned, the the big budget's going to come in February, and that's really going to be the election budget because the election's just going to be a few months after that. Uh, has he left any wiggle room here to offer some goodies? Oh, I think they'll come up with something. I, I have a hunch that, that that's to be determined because uh, if they have the lead that they have now, I think they'll be less concerned about that. Then, uh, even though that that uh, will only be what six seven months before the election itself, maybe a little bit more than that, uh, I, I think the the writing of the budget uh, come come February or March uh, depends upon what the liberal standing is going to be. If in fact they slow down, if the the, the conservatives start to move back, I think you'll see much more government spending and much more goodies as you've described them. Um, at the moment, I think they ca- probably could have a fairly standard budget without giving away too much more and still be able to succeed. But, you know, that's, what, at least three months down the road. But the the only times that we've seen the, the Conservatives come close in this polling in the last year or so since uh, Scheer has taken over is usually when Trudeau's done a, a political face plan, and, and it's it's more negative press against the Liberals than it is positive for the Conservatives. Uh, yeah, if he's, in, if he's in too much in the news, I think after that India trip, I'm not sure if that was such a big deal in itself, but in the short run, it had some negative publicity for the Liberals. At that point, I'm not sure they fell very far behind the Conservatives, but their lead shrunk to almost yeah. zero. But lately, uh, lately it's been good, and I think the budget, and now again, the, 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 the real budget's not for a few months still, but I think the, if there are changes in it, it'll be very much reflect the public opinion standing of the, of the liberals at that particular point. Right now, the, the liberals have a fairly substantial lead. Right now, I don't think there are going to be too many giveaways. There may be a little bit, but not, not a whole lot. If they start to shrink between now and February, things will change. You mentioned about Jagmeet Singh, uh, and of course he doesn't have a seat. Uh, he is running in a by-election. We just heard this morning that probably they're going to have that by-election early next year now, it lo- looks like. Uh, but he seems to be trailing there. What what happens to him as the leader of the NDP if he actually loses in that by-election? Well, look, Burnaby South isn't a safe seat. The NDP has held it more often than not, but uh, they all, really all three parties are in it. Uh, the irony is the conservative. I think it's in the conservatives' interest to have the NDP win it because if anything that hurts Jagmeet Singh and the NDP helps the Liberals more than it helps the uh, helps the Conservatives. Uh, your question, though, is what happens uh, to the NDP if he loses? They're they're in deep doo doo. They're in deep doo doo anyway. Um, and I'm not sure. Uh, we'll we'll see. Again, it hasn't even been scheduled yet. But if the um, if if that by election is in in the late winter or the early spring. I'm not sure that the NDP is going to be positioned. In theory, I guess Singh could resign and have some other interim leader replace him. But it's quite possible the NDP would go into that election with a wounded leader and they would be in bad shape. And quite frankly, they're already in bad shape, so they'd be even in worse shape. 
But if if he should lose that by-election, and it's by no means a lock for the, for the NDP, uh, and they'll put a lot of resources in, but if he should lose that, that by-election, it's not clear that the NDP will be in a position to really have a, a, a serious replacement convention between then and then the election in October. There used to be, I guess, uh, almost a gentleman's agreement. This was back in the days when, when you know, these, these things were made. Uh, where, where our party leaders are running in a by-election, they usually either not contested or just to get them into the game. Uh, they're not doing that this time with him. No, that certainly has happened. It doesn't always happen, but it's frequently happened in the past. Um, look, the liberals would love nothing more if they can, if they can uh, basically decapitate the NDP. Uh, that that makes their situation next October even better. But that, that it's the conservatives that are in the interesting position of how, in fact, do they play the election? Uh, if, do they have a, if they have a stronger campaign, will that bleed more votes away from the liberals and therefore give the NDP a chance to win? The um, I, I'm sure they would much rather if they could somehow transfer their vote to sing in Burnaby South. I think that would be the smart play for the conservatives. For the liberals, it'll be very different. Is, is it natural to assume that if, if NDP is losing territory, that those votes, which obviously t- tend to lean to the right, or left rather, would simply go to the liberals by process of elimination? Oh, not all. N- nobody ever votes consistently, you know, the way that the, uh, the experts, quote-unquote, think that they should vote. But in general, I think it's fair to say that the... Um, Otherwise, NDP votes would be more likely to go liberal than conservative. That doesn't mean they'll all go. It may only be sort of by a two-to-one margin. But again, if the NDP is weak, the liberals do better than the conservatives. The conservatives are much more afraid of the liberals than they are of the NDP. So that's the calculus. It's not that they all vote the same way. Some of them won't vote at all. And there could be all sorts of other factors. We don't even necessarily know who all the candidates are that are are running against uh, Singh right now. But again, in the national picture for the uh, for the conservatives is that they would rather have a stronger NDP bleeding votes away from the liberals than what's been going on lately. There was a time when federal elections were taking place where anything that the liberals gained usually stopped at the Manitoba border, and they'd pick up some seats in B.C., but not much in the Prairie Provinces. Has his, uh, his courtship with Rachel Notley helped at all in Alberta? Um, well, you're, you're talking about uh, Singh and Notley, uh, uh, now I take or it. Trudeau and Notley for that matter. Um, no, I don't think Trudeau's. Look, I think Notley is gone. I, I think it was a fluke that the NDP won that election in Alberta like, almost four years ago now, um, and indeed there were unusual circumstances, particularly the division of the conser- the right of center vote into two parties. I, I think Notley's gone, and and yeah, I think that that's part of the reason why, in fact, Singh has uh, has been much closer to the B.C. New Democrats than the Alberta New Democrats in the in the tension that they have between them. It's too bad for Trudeau because, in fact, Notley was an ally on the carbon issue, but the carbon issue is kind of blown up on, in his face anyway. He doesn't have very many provincial uh, pr- provincial allies on that particular matter. doesn't mean he has no cards to play, but uh, uh, he certainly, uh, the uh, tr- Trudeau's the opposition, provincial opposition to Trudeau on the uh, on the uh, carbon question is is significant, and Notley's absence will just make things worse. If, if Trudeau could help Notley win that election, I'm sure he would, but it's, it's just not going to happen. Alberta just is not the, the natural feeding ground for the New Democrats, and they were lucky to win last time, I guess, in terms of that situation. Um, so, I, again, I, I, can't, I can't say with any certainty. The irony here is you've got the, uh, the Liberals being more concerned about the Alberta NDP than the, the, the federal New Democrats are. But that's <laughs> just you know, the way politics sometimes plays out. It's, uh, yeah, which makes it fun and interesting all the time. Barry, thanks as always. I appreciate the input today. All right, thank you. Bye-bye. Barry Kaye, a political science professor from Wilfrid Laurier University. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.